Well, good morning and happy Wednesday, campers, or, you know, whatever day you're listening to this on. I'm your host, Erica Fett, and today I am super excited for part two of the most terrifying cold weather cryptids and monsters out there. The first episode uh, was last week, and it was all about the Yeti and the abominable snowman, and I had so much fun reading your comments and your own theories about what the Yeti or what this abominable snowman could be, whether it be bears or aliens. I just love reading all of your comments. So thank you all so much for all the love on the past episode. It was super fun. Uh, last episode, I also talked to you about how while I was doing the research, I kind of gave myself an, my own little fright because I was reading all about the Wendigo pretty much all day, like last Sunday. And uh, I live out in the woods. And of course, you know, it's night and it's it's snowy here in Ohio. So it's like the perfect like kind of uh, embodiment of what a Wendigo would live in. And I was outside at night and I was like taking my flashlight and looking around and then I saw two eyes and I totally creeped myself out and I was like, no, 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 I have to stop reading about this. So I did the I did the Yeti and the Abominable Snowman last week and I, I pushed the Wendigo back to this week because the Wendigo is, is truly frightening. I had so many notes on these topics that I decided to kind of break these episodes up into two-parters. Uh, and after I got done last week with the Yeti, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I only got like 20 minutes. And then by the time I was done and exported everything, I was like, it was like 45 minutes. <laughs> so I guess time just flies when you're having fun talking about, you know, all these creepy cryptids and monsters, which thanks so much for you guys enjoying it and, and enter entertaining me, I guess, you know. So... Today, I am going to be talking about the Wendigo, though, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the Wendigo, it is truly terrifying. It's probably, to, in my opinion, one of the scariest creatures, and it's been featured in tons of popular media like movies, books, and even video games like the video game Until Dawn. And it's in countless horror movies and it because it's truly something of nightmares, <laughs> which I thought, what better way than to ring in, you know, the new year than talking about all these creepy monsters and cryptids, which, you know, I'm here for. So uh, I guess, you know, we'll dive into the Wendigo. <laughs> so the Wendigo is a creature that's derived mostly from Algonquin legends, and it roams in areas that are desolate uh, and usually snowy in isolated regions. You can usually find uh, legends and lore of the Wendigo around the, like the northern parts of the United States, as well as in Canada and the northern regions, uh, roaming all of the forest and woodlands there. And it just basically sits around waiting to, you know, inflict its own doom on its victims, whether it be eating them or possessing them with its evil spirit. And basically, it's terrifying because it makes the human into a cannibal if it possesses them. And, uh, you know, just think of it as a spirit of the woods that inflicts madness uh, so severe on humans that it turns them to cannibalism. And that's why it basically says that some people that are inflicted uh, are targeted by the Wendigo because they have characteristics that are like they're more susceptible to being greedy or selfish. So, you know, if you're out in the woods with someone who's kind of like a... Uh, you know, a selfish, greedy person, uh, you better be careful because they may attract a Wendigo. <laughs> but honestly, the Wendigo is truly terrifying because it just not only, you know, dealing with cannibalism, but then you add in the descriptions of what it looks like. And it is truly 
a monster that will haunt your dreams, uh, literally. <laughs> so basically, many people describe the Wendigo as a tall, bony, gaunt creature with claws and fangs, uh, sometimes with horns, although I found that the horns were kind of added in by Western media over the years. Uh, I don't know if people thought the horns just made it creepier, but most of the time uh, the horns were left out in the original uh, origins of it and the description. So that is something to note. Uh, now, the thing is, is that it is a giant and a lot of people describe it as being like eight to nine feet tall. And it is this giant that once it eats its victims, it like gets bigger as it eats more victims. However, it is always hungry. So no matter how many people it eats, it has this insatiable hunger to keep lurking and looming around the woods to find its next victim to eat or possess. And it's truly terrifying. Uh, you know, it's really crazy too because there are some uh, descriptions where it says that it has frostbite over its body and it's missing pieces of its own jaw because it ate its own jaw off due to hunger. And legends say that its heart is actually made of ice and that it uh, has these eyes where in the sockets, it's just surrounded by blood within the sockets. So just think you're walking through the woods and you are looking, you know, in a clearing and all of a sudden you see this eight to nine foot bony creature where bones just could be just coming out of its skin and parts of its jaw are missing and its eyes just have blood coming down from them. I mean... <laughs> That's terrifying, right? <laughs> so when we talk about the Wendigo, it's never, you know, associated with good things. It's always bad things. And there are even stories that say, you know, a Wendigo is close because you can smell the smell of rotting and decaying flesh coming around and lingering in the air as it gets closer. So it's, it's checking off all the boxes for being just the ultimate creep out in the wilderness. And it's um, definitely... It's definitely the stuff of nightmares. So although there are so many ways to describe the Wendigo and so many different ways that um, people refer to it, there's one thing that's for certain is that the Wendigo has a ravenous appetite for human flesh, and there's no changing that. Now, to me, one of the scariest parts about a Wendigo, you know, other than being mauled out in the middle of the wilderness by it or eaten by it, <laughs> is that if you're possessed by the Wendigo spirit... The influence makes you crave human flesh, and it slowly rots your mind and your sanity, and it makes you basically attack and crave the flesh of those around you. And it could even be the people that are closest to you, like friends or family. And that, to me, is just the craziest thing is that you get this insanity from the Wendigo, and it makes you want to eat the flesh of people you love. Like, that is terrifying, and it's, it's honestly, it's, it's super sad. There are also tales that if you dream about the Wendigo, it's too late for you. It's already began to rot your mind and take influence over you. So hopefully no one is out there having dreams about this Wendigo because that's not good. Now, some people even say that by speaking its name, you're inviting it in. So merely just by speaking its name, it's it's much like the Skinwalker, uh, where if you you say it, it's it basically will get attracted to you. Now, unfortunately for me, I've mentioned the name like a million times now in my episodes, so... Um, <laughs> you know, that's pretty awful. But luckily, I've been uh, a vegetarian. Uh, I, I supplement with fish when I'm traveling. But I, you know, so if, if y'all see me over there eating a steak, then then come save me. Because <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not having it. And that just, you know, I, this is gonna take me on another subject is I, um, 
I read all about these things, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I I don't ever want to be in a situation where there's like no food, no water. And I have all these bushcraft books on how to basically survive off of the land and use like dandelions and acorns and other plant life that you can find around your regions to make like nuts and flowers and coffees and teas. And uh, I go through, like last year I went through this mood where I... um. I basically went through our yard and I gathered all the acorns and I was like opening them and I was telling my husband, I was like, I'm going to learn how to make acorn flowers so we're self-sufficient. <laughs> Thankfully, he just entertains my san- like my insanity <laughs> and he just deals with it because by now he knows that I go on these like little trips. But, you know, I, I, I just always have all these like these ideas where I'm like, I don't ever want to have to resort to that. I will literally live off the land. I will literally start doing my own acorn flower and acorn tea. And it's just so terrifying to think about cannibalism in general. It's just so terrifying. Uh, I actually, like the other day I told my husband, I was like, I want to order like a year's worth of dog and cat food just to be safe. And (laughs) I just... uh, I go through these moods and thankfully, you know, he entertains me too because he'll he'll basically show me all these cool uh, bunkers that he sees on like Zillow and stuff like that for like doomsday bunkers. And of course, I would love to have my own doomsday bunker, but you know, got us, you know, we got to survive the Wendigo somehow, y'all. And we're not going to eat human flesh. So we're going to be, I'm going to be making acorn flour for everyone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so sad because in the Wendigo usually shows up in, in times where it's hard to find food. So that's why it's often associated with like cold weather. And it's often associated with being out in the woods because a lot of people don't know how to survive off the woods. And so these situations of being in areas where it's hard to find food and it's hard to find, um, food that like holds you over and doesn't leave you hungry. Uh, that's why it said the Wendigo is just out there lurking, kind of waiting for those people that have those tendencies of being greedy and selfish, just waiting to and basically infest their mind with its own rot. Now, I've mentioned before about the Donner Party and how, for those of you who aren't familiar, I'll definitely do an entire episode on the Donner Party because it, it deserves its own episode alone. But the Donner Party was traveling in the United States, basically from the Midwest uh, to the West Coast, and they were traveling through a region kind of along the West Coast called the Sierra Nevada region. And while they were traveling, unfortunately, like we're talking like we're not traveling by train, we're ta- talking like by like um, covered wagon. And these were like back in the day, so it was it was a lot harsher of an environment to travel through, and you're susceptible to so many different things because technology just was not there yet. And the Donner Party was actually accompanied by a few guides that were Native American. And once the weather started to turn, some of these guides were like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, we've heard stories about this. We are not hanging around. And they could not have been more right to try to get out of there because the Donner Party ended with some pretty terrible tragedy of cannibalism where children and women and men and babies were actually eaten by this uh, group of settlers traveling. And like I said, I'll do an entire I'll do an entire episode on that later on, but it is one of those things where you know a lot of people say like the Wendigo spirit was just there lurking. So you have these weird situations where it is very unnerving and you add in the fact that it food and water could be scarce. You add in, you know, an, an isolated environment that maybe people aren't quite familiar with. And you add in the fact that there is this giant, creepy monster just lurking. I just, I, I, I just don't know. That's, to, that's just so terrifying to me. 
Now, while we're on the the topic of humans eating one another, you know, the Wendigo is said to be kind of like a, a mythological creature, right? The Wendigo is the creature. It's it's out there. It's like nine foot tall, right? It's got bones. Its mouth is basically falling off. It's got fry spite over its body. It's got crazy bloody eyes. I guess in some instances it may have horns, right? The Chinu is similar to a Wendigo, but it's actually a little different. The Chinu is actually a person who was transformed into a Wendigo after cannibalizing another human, you know, whether it be extreme snow conditions due to hunger, but they remain out in the snow and out in the wilderness, just lurking around searching for more humans to eat. Now, there are so many stories over the years about cannibals and wendigos. There's actually a lot of uh, stories about trials that were held due to people having wendigo tendencies. And so I definitely I definitely recommend everybody to, you know, take a look about all that if you want to dive into your own research because there there's so many stories out there about the wendigo. But there is one story that kind of stuck with me, and it was published in 1860 in an Arkansas paper called The Red River Norwester. And the story was about a young boy that killed and cannibalized six people north of Ontario along a lake. And basically the story is that an Indian hunter was hunting his moose when he came across a trail. And he thought that maybe, you know, another tribe had made the trail, so he started following the trail. Well, as he is he's walking along this trail, he comes across a body of an Indian woman who looked so mangled and so torn and so just ripped, her body was ripped to shreds that he thought it was actually a bear or a wolf attack. And when he got closer, he realized that there was actually a bullet hole in her head. And it made him feel very uneasy because he was kind of like, what is going on here? So as this hunter continues to follow his trail, he comes across a young boy who he said was about 10 to 12 years old, sitting around a campfire, cooking what looked to be flesh. Well, he felt very uneasy. And the weird thing is, is he also said in this, this uh, when he was telling his story, that the boy smelled of a sickening odor, and which checks out to be a Wendigo, right? But... As he's like having a short conversation with this young boy, he starts to look around and he decides to kind of take his his time to go look around the area. And as he's following this trail a little bit further, he comes across a tent where he finds an even more horrifying discovery. There is another Indian man who is laying there dead alongside of his four children who are half eaten. And in this tent, that's where he found these bodies that were half eaten. And it looked to be what this, this child had basically killed these people and started eating their flesh and living off of their flesh. Now, the hunter basically was like, I don't want to kill this guy, this little boy, because if I kill this little boy, then people are basically going to think that I'm the cannibal. So what this hunter did is he walked to the nearest encampment and to the nearest tribe, and he basically told them about what happened and how he found this young boy. The tribe got together and basically formed a search party to go find this boy and Basically, the story is, is that they found him and his uncle was actually who ended up shooting him. And I guess I don't want to say putting him out of his misery, but, you know, uh, basically killing this young, this, this young cannibal. And this story is just so unnerving to think that even someone so young would be out there living off the land and cannibalizing people is just absolutely terrible. Now, this is also why I am absolutely deathly afraid of going too far off the grid, especially when camping. I love to camp. I love to be outside. I love the wilderness. I live out in the woods. I I, I like live for it. But there is one thing that always creeps me out and it is, it is 
I don't want to say it's like feral, windigo, like wrong turn, hills have eyes people, but there's no doubt that there's some creepy stuff going out in the wilderness. And honestly, like I would bet everything that th- there are people out in in these extreme, like desolate places in the wilderness that are probably would eat people. <laughs> like, I guess my, the one thing that comes to mind is like in Appalachian, the Appalachian Mountains in Tennessee. And they, you know, for, for those of you who are listening who are in the United States, the mountains spread, I mean, all over the East Coast. Um, but mostly in Tennessee, there are a lot of situations where people have gone missing. And a lot of people have stories of feral people that take people to eat out in the woods. And that is also why I say, if you're going out in the woods, please go with a group of people. Please take like a GPS, <laughs> like a GPS device and just be safe because, you know, you have not only do you have crazy wild animals and all the the unsuspected events of, of weather in these regions, but you just don't know who's been living off of the grid for a while. And I'm not saying that everybody, pers- like every person living out in the wilderness is like, you know, obviously like a cannibal, but I don't want to, I don't want to risk it. Right. And I don't think you guys should either. <laughs> um, that's just one of those things where it's just, it's just too eerie for me. And you add in this, this lore of the Wendigo and it is just truly, honestly terrifying. Now, how do you get rid of a Wendigo, right? How, how do you get rid of a Wendigo? Well, you could get a shaman to do magic. Uh, that is one of the ways that they say that you can get rid of a Wendigo or a Wendigo spirit. And the other way is basically by cutting out its heart and then putting it into a fire. But if we're talking about a giant nine-foot creature, uh, it's going to be probably a little hard to get to its heart. You know, unless you're like Rambo or like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Predator, you know, <laughs> like that might be kind of tough. But Basically, the idea is just don't eat other humans, right? Just uh, just don't eat other humans. Uh, stick to stick to whatever else. Just no humans. And uh, I guess that's that's my little bit of advice. Just don't eat, just don't eat each other, right? Now, like I said earlier, there are so many movies that the Wendigo is depicted in. You've got the Wendigo. There's a movie called Wendigo, Antlers, uh, The Retreat, Dawn of the Beast, Dark Was the Night. And even Pet Cemetery has a little bit of Wendigo lore in it. But my favorite, and I've mentioned this movie before, is Ravenous. And when I was watching it, probably when I was younger, I probably didn't realize the actual Wendigo lore. But now looking back and now that I've watched it a few more times, I'm like, God, that movie is so good. So if you need a good movie to watch that's the Wendigo, Ravenous is probably the one I recommend the most because I just think that is a fantastic movie. And... I love those movies from the 90s. Give me all the 90s nostalgia, right? But yeah, the Wendigo, it is truly terrifying and it is truly something um, of nightmares. And honestly, I just, it's it's truly creepy to think that, honestly, I think it's more to me that the spirit of hunger gets so prevalent for people out in the woods that it would turn someone um, someone's heart so dark to want to cannibalize another human. And I think that that right there is itself in a, tr- it's, it's a terrifying nightmare um, because who, who wants to be around that if that's happening, right? That, that is, that is a horror movie in itself right there. The whole, the whole idea is a horror movie in itself. But like I said, 
When it comes to the Wendigo, there's so much literature, there's so many movies, there's so much lore that um, I definitely recommend everybody to do a dive, like do a deep dive because, you know, even though I've done weeks of research on this stuff and and trying to find stuff and reading, there's so much to read, there's so much literature. And um, so if you find any good stories or anything like that, send them my way so I can keep, so I can keep up to date on everything and all my research, but. Now, I do have to say the Wendigo is pretty creepy, but I know this episode was supposed to be centered around the Wendigo, but I do have to give an honorable mention to another, I don't know if you would consider it a cryptid, but I would say an entity, right? And it's the Yukiona of Japan. The Yukiona definitely makes my list of cold weather, creepy cryptids and monsters and creatures because the Yukiona is itself a very creepy thing. So the Yukiona is, they basically call her the snow lady or a snow woman, cold lady. There are many different ways that they describe her. But she's a mythological ent- entity or a yokai that is said to roam the mountains, uh, kind of like the Japanese Alps around that region, at night, usually when it's snowy or there's a snowstorm that's looming. Now, the origins of the snow woman aren't 100%. Some origins say that she was actually a woman who died in the snow. Others say that she's just a spirit that roams for her next victim, which is basically a yokai. Um, The yokai are just spirits that basically roam Japan, um, haunting different regions. So whether it was like a... A, a yokai or whether it's actually like this entity that's that's haunting um there the origins aren't 100 percent, but there are some really creepy encounters that you can have with the yukiona now some encounters say that she's got kind of like a medusa like gaze and basically if she looks at you you'll freeze right you'll freeze instantly if you look at her uh others say that she'll suck the life out of you causing your body to kind of like shrivel up and just instantly freeze as she sucks the life force from your body leaving you to basically helplessly die in the snow uh some stories say that she actually buries people alive in the snow and other stories say that she leads people astray from where they're at and kind of gets them lost in the woods so that they end up dying from exposure to the harsh elements. Now, as far as what she's described as, a lot of people say that she's a beautiful pale woman that usually has uh, black or white hair that usually kind of has like ice in it. And then she is mostly seen wearing a white kimono, an all white kimono, but some instances they have said that she's shown up naked. So she could be naked. She could be wearing a kimono. Other Others describe her as having icicles hanging from her hair and her hands. And it's just, she's just kind of a creepy spirit that's looming when it's cold weather. She's often basically associated with stories of the cold and winter and mostly hypothermia, and uh, which is pretty, it's a pretty terrifying occurrence as it is. Um, and some people believe that she's just like the embodiment of hypothermia and cold weather. But either way, uh, the idea of being out in a storm and having a spirit that's trying to freeze you to death or suck your life force, that's not thats not a good time either. So I thought while we're talking about cold weather and, and creepy entities, I thought, you know, the Yuki Ona definitely deserves her own episode as it is. But I had to mention her because she basically belongs up there with the rest of these these little creeps. But, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun too because there's a ton of appearances that the Yuki Ona makes. There's a an anime called Yu Yu Hakusho, and she's in that. And then I actually just recently watched a kind of like an anthology on Tubi, which shout out to Tubi because I'm a huge Tubi fan. But basically, there's this movie called The Heiress on there. 
And it's an anthology about a woman who captures all kind of cryptids. And it kind of goes through like different stories of these different cryptids. And the Yukiona is one of the stories. And I was so pumped to see her as I was writing this episode. So if you have Tubi, and Tubi's free, by the way. So if anybody is not, it, I always see people like trash talking Tubi. And I'm like, those people obviously do not have Tubi because Tubi is the jam. I am 100% a fan of Tubi. But for those of you who have Tubi or if you download it, I mean, like I said, it's free. You have nothing to lose. Watch The Heiress. It was a ton of fun and it goes through a couple different cryptids. And I honestly would love to see a sequel to this movie because it was, I really enjoyed this movie. But if you watch it, you'll see the little bit of the Yukiona and then you'll be like, yes. But yeah, so those, that's, I guess that's my round off for the uh, scariest cryptids and creatures and monsters out there right now. I, I would have to say the Yeti, definitely creepy. The Wendigo, hands down creepy. Oof. You know, the Yeti could be nice though, you know, because the thing is, is while there's stories of it attacking people, there's the other hand that, oh no, it's like a, it's like the sweet being that's just, you know, the, the protector of the mountain, which I love. I love that idea. I love the idea that we could live alongside of this Yeti and just be like buddies, right? That's in a perfect world. You know, the other world is that it like tears you to pieces and then it cannibalizes you <laughs> just like the Wendigo, right? I, I just thought that these three, the Yukiona, the Wendigo, and the, the Yeti are my top three when it comes to the creepiest, uh, the absolute creepiest out there for the cold weather. And it's January and I'm looking outside right now and it is snows all over the ground. And I'm really hoping that at night I don't hear any more creepy noises because I've said, I've said the name a couple times this episode and maybe I'm getting my own head. <laughs> But speaking of what I've been watching lately, I will say that um, it goes along with the same theme of cold weather, and I'm loving it because with me doing the research for the past couple weeks and this coming out, I'm a huge fan of True Detective. I love season one. I absolutely love season three, and I absolutely am already obsessed with season four. And uh, this season, it fits exactly what we're talking about. So if you're loving this theme of cold weather monsters, definitely check out True Detective. Um, it's set in Alaska this season where it's the time of year is it's like dark 24-7. So I, I honestly think it's super interesting during the show that even though it could be like 11 a.m., uh, you always think it's like past midnight when you're watching the show. So it's it kind of adds like that extra little eeriness to it that you just really don't know what time of day it is. And it just is like, it's just eerie all the time there. But this season is so amazing because it's directed by Issa Lopez, which, you know, you have her and you have the dream team extended by Jodie Foster, who is amazing. But then you add in Kaylee Reese, who plays an absolute badass. I'm just loving the season. I want to binge it all. I just, I watched the second episode this last Sunday and I'm like, I just wish they just put it all out so I could just binge this and enjoy it because I'm losing my mind week to week. <laughs> um, but Kaylee Reese is like my fave. She's like this tattooed total badass and she's a badass in real life. Too. I didn't realize that she is a boxing world champion. Like she is insane. She's, I just love her. She's amazing. Um, I just love seeing all the tattooed baddies on TV and we, we definitely need more. Uh, but what I also love is that she's an advocate of the movement of missing and murdered indigenous women. Um, and that's a movement that spotlights uh, the harsh realities that Native women are missing, murdered, and trafficked in extremely high numbers. And it brings awareness to that. And um, I'm happy to see her being such a badass and involved in True Detective, which actually kind of 
it, it mirrors her movement and her involvement and, and her advocacy in that. And I think it's just so awesome to see such a badass be inspiration for women out there while bringing awareness to things that matter so much. So um, I'll make sure to post a link to the Native Hope page with the information for you to check that out too. Um, I think that's an amazing movement. And like I said, the true detective mirrors my, my, my episodes of cold weather. And, you know, while we're talking about these legends and lore that come from Native Americans, I think it's very important to spotlight uh, some of the injustices going on. So I'll make sure to I'll make sure to post all that for you guys though. And I personally love the season of True Detective. I'm a big fan of seeing absolute baddies out there getting it. And I'm invested. I love seeing the power duo. And I'm a stan. So I love all the creepy cold weather stuff. And I I'm I'm gonna since it's gonna be cold weather here in Ohio for like the next three months, I'm just gonna keep going and watching the creepy cold weather stuff, right? But yeah, enough about me and what I've been watching. I wanna know what stories you all have. So a lot of you have messaged me and said, like, oh, I have a story. Where do I send it to? If you have a creepy experience, whether it be like you saw a UFO, you have a, a ghost in your house or anything weird or anything just just like not normal. If you go to my website, campcryptopod.com, there's a little contact section where you can send me your story and then I can read it for a future Campfire Tales episode, which is where I go through and I read everyone's stories that they send to me. And then we kind of dissect them and just go, wow, this world is so creepy and weird and mysterious. I just don't even know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'll also make sure to post that little story I read earlier about the cannibal boy in the Reddit so you all can read it and um, do your own little analysis of this creepy creature out lurking. But yeah, that's my that's my fun little episode today. And uh, I hope you all are staying so warm and I hope you're eating lots of soup. I've been living off of soup, especially because I've been under the weather. So also, I'm sorry if you guys have heard me mouth breathing. <laughs> I'm a total mouth breather these days with how sick I've been, but um, I had to pull it together to do this episode because I was so excited to finally talk about this and yap for another 30 minutes for y'all. But thanks so much, though. I really appreciate all the love that you all have had, uh, especially over my cryptid episodes. So we are Camp Cryptid. And even though I love to talk about everything from movies to creepy UFO experiences to paranormal stuff. I am mystified by cryptids. And I love the idea that it's like, it's like Transformers. There's more than meets the eye, right? <laughs> like hopefully out there we can, we can one day find this missing link that might be the Yeti or the Loch Ness Monster or some of these crazy little animals or creatures that could be lurking out there that we haven't found yet. But I really appreciate y'all hanging out and just all, all being like little nerds over cryptids and all the creepy stuff. And I just think it's so fun and it brings so much joy to my life. So thank you all so much for that. But yeah, I'm going to go try to eat some soup and drink the rest of my coffee and then get about my day. And I really hope that wherever y'all are in the world, you're having an amazing day and I'm sending you all the love and sending you all the, the cute cryptids your way. And hey, until next time, take care.